when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there if he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Soto Mojo Podcast. Uh, this is Colby Patnode and I'm joined as always by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how you doing today? Uh, good. Pretty good. Uh, just hoping that my uh, my mic is coming through clear. How are we sounding so far? We sounding uh, good? So far, so good. All right, so yeah, let's get it going. I'm I'm excited. We uh we got a very interesting podcast today because <clears throat> we're watching the game as it's going on right now. the The first inning just came to an end, and uh, watching some baseball with you and you know talking shop. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're gonna look at the bullpen as part of our uh, positional focus entering the regular season. Uh, then we're gonna talk a little bit about. Uh, just our observations from spring training so far. And then we're going to wrap it up with a bunch of questions from you guys. So uh, lots to talk about today. Uh, but before we do, we should probably stop and watch this because the great Nomar Mazzara, who, by the way, is just as good as Mitch Haniger, <laughs> is hitting. So we should show him some respect, I guess. Yeah, all hell, Nomar Mazzara, um, the next Bryce Harper. Uh, he's already Bryce Harper, dude. He's better yeah. than he's better than Mitch Haniger. Did he because... just hit a home run? No. Oh. <laughs> okay. I, I'm a little bit like... ahead of you. Yeah, no. Okay. I was <laughs> literally scared for a second. <laughs> if you guys don't know, Nomar Mazzara is better than Mitch Haniger because Mazzara is 24 and Haniger is 28. Um, so yeah, don't don't look at stats or anything like that. Just just trust us because the age difference that that's that says it all. So. <laughs> Yeah, thankfully uh, the uh, our our uh, Rangers uh, sister side or whatever you want to call them they don't uh, they don't listen to us so uh, who cares? <laughs> Besides that, they're wrong, so I don't mind calling them out for that. It's one of the yeah. dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So, so back back to things that actually matter and things that uh, you guys might actually care about or know what we're talking about in general. Uh, Ty, we're in game five. We kind of had five and five games in like ten percent of a game. Uh, what are your uh, what are your th- takeaways so far on the first uh, five games or so? Yeah, I mean, loving what I'm seeing from the young guys. Uh, Kyle Lewis had the big day yesterday. Evan White has been uh, really impressive thus far. Um, Shed Long has probably been the biggest uh, story thus far. He's been fantastic. Um, has looked pretty solid in the field. I believe he had a um, error against the like in the Rocky game. You know that one. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think um, I think there's a lot of good stuff to go off of. Um, pitching has looked solid. Um, it's been uh, you know it's been pretty much a t- spring training though. You know you're seeing. Um, the Mariners get off to a lot of hot starts here early on in games. Um, a lot of scoring. Um, somehow Ian Miller cranked a three-run home run last or yesterday. That was something. And uh, I know you love that. Uh, so yeah, I um, I'm I'm impressed with uh, with the prospects. Though I think they really shined and. Um, Looking forward to seeing more of them as they get more playing time, especially once uh, once the Mariners' uh, 25-man roster heads out to Japan. 28-man roster. Or 28, 28-man roster, yes. I mean, it's really going to be closer to 25 because Felix and Ichiro are going to be on it. So, I mean, <laughs> who knows there. But, uh, yeah, you know, there's been a lot, of, uh, a lot of positives. The team's been relatively healthy. Um, aside from Malik Smith, that's a good thing. Um, you know, Justice Sheffield went out there. He, uh, he pitched really well. Uh, unfortunately we didn't get to see that. Um, mm. so bad luck there. Um, you know, 
Marco's looking good. Uh, we got to see Yusei Kikuchi for the first time yesterday. He was uh, he was okay, not great, but uh, he was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Shed Long is kind of the star of camp, and uh, yeah, you know, Kyle Lewis and Ian Miller each went uh, yard yesterday. One of those is surprising; the other one, not so much. And uh, you know, Evan White almost hit a almost hit a home run yesterday to right field, um, opposite yeah. field shot. So. Uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of good good stuff to see from the young guys. Uh, I've been impressed with uh, Omar Narvaez at the plate. Um, not so much behind it, but you know, it's that's to be expected. Um, and yeah, I just I feel like everybody, you know, everything's going about as well as you could hope. Um, and yeah, it's just pretty typical spring training. Um, in terms of excitement level and all that stuff, uh, just getting to watch a bunch of new guys. So it, it's, it's a fun spring training so far. Thankfully, a lot of these games are being televised, so we're able to watch a lot of it. Um, but yeah, so far, so good, I would say. Um, is there maybe, is for you, is there maybe one guy who really stood out as surprising or impressive or just a big change or anything like that? Uh, D. Gordon, the moment that he took a pitch. And then he took a second pitch, and then he took a third pitch, and then he took a fourth pitch, and got a four pitch walk in his first uh, at bat of the uh, of the spring. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I really the 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 guy that has uh, has really impressed me thus far and has been Dylan Moore. Uh, he's shown uh, some pretty good stuff at the plate. Um, just overall uh play presence kind of just approach has has looked solid uh he's been uh not a liability in the field thus far um yeah i i i really i really like what i'm seeing from dylan moore um and i'm kind of pulling for him to uh to get that utility role right i, I it'll be interesting to see uh because right now it looks like a two-man race between uh Dylan Moore and Christopher Negron, as we kind of expected. Um, they both had about the same amount of playing time, uh, but they've trust more enough to put him out at shortstop. Uh, I, I don't think I've seen Negron play shortstop at all. Um, so may, may, that may tell you that Moore has the edge, but I also believe Moore has minor league options remaining. Uh, and I don't believe Negron does. So maybe that plays into their decision at all. But, uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting one. Um, I guess for me, I would pick uh, Dan Altavilla. He, uh, that slider yesterday was yeah. uh, was filthy. And, you know, he's going to throw in the upper 90s. Um, command's still not great. Uh, I don't think it'll ever be great. Uh, but the stuff is really good, um, especially if he has that slider. So um, it'll be interesting to watch him progress through spring. I mean, even into the regular season a little bit, because if he's if his slider is plus uh, like it was yesterday, that's I mean, that's a that's potential closer stuff right there. So uh, mm-hmm. Alta Villa yeah. really impressed me yesterday. Um, and that was good to see. So uh, also, I feel like uh, we should we should mention at least that uh, Kyle Seeger looks fantastic uh, physically. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, <laughs> very surprised to see how um, noticeable slumber he is. Yeah, yeah, it's very noticeable. Um, and also, you know, the the stance change. He's also uh, ha- he also has a bit of a different hand placement. He's crowding the the plate a lot more. Um, I think that's good for him. I think that's good for um, his kind of style of hitting and and. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, how that helps him uh, improve this year and help him bounce back from what happened last year. Right, assuming it does. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's really nice. Uh, it's good to see. Obviously, uh, this is a guy who's 30 years old. He's had tremendous success in the big leagues, um, and he's had a pretty mediocre 2017 and he was really bad last year. Uh, but he's got his money. He has no reason to uh, change other than professional pride. And he really took to it this off season. Again, he's noticeably slimmer. The batting stance 
He's a little more, he's crowded the plate a little more. He's a little more hunched over instead of upright. He's got his hands lowered. We'll see how all that translates uh, to big league pitching, but uh, it's definitely uh, eye opening to look at a, a guy like that um, and see, you know, the stark con- contrast in how he looked at the end of last year to this year. Um, and, you know, that's just, that's just the credit to him. Um, on the uh, opposite side of the spectrum, uh, Felix Hernandez, that was. Uh, uh, interesting, I guess we'll say. Mm. I mean, wh- what did you think of Felix's start? Um, I was actually out, so I didn't get to see it. I just heard things about it. I heard something about uh, like a swinging bunt, or there was some sort of controversy went on with that. Um, but I heard that he wasn't good, <laughs> so and, and that doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, I, I I saw that he is working uh, exclusively out of the stretch now. I don't know if that's really going to help him, especially if he keeps on trying to pound his fastball in there. It's just not going to work. Um, right. Felix has to adapt to being a uh, deception first pitcher now because he just doesn't have uh, the arm to to overpower guys. Um. So, you know, that's that's going to be um, something to watch here as as the spring moves forward. I I, uh, I would assume that he'll get his next start in the next couple of days. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not not too thrilled with that. But you know, again, it's it's not a it's not a season in which you expect to win. It. At this point, it doesn't really it doesn't really matter to me that Felix is pitching. It's just you know kind of gross that we have to watch that. But um, and it's sad, you know, because it's you know it's Felix and uh, seeing someone that has meant a lot to this organization struggle as much as he is, where to the point where he's honestly and arguably one of the worst pitchers in Major League Baseball right now. Um, and that's uh, that's really that's it's heartbreaking. Um, yeah. yeah, I I don't know, man. I I really don't like the sentiment of oh poor Felix, blah de blah. The Mariners did him so wrong. Yakety yak yak. Uh, yeah. For the last four years, the Mariners have put good teams around him, and in only one of those years was Felix Felix. Um, so from that standpoint, I don't feel that bad. And really, when you look at his decline, a lot of it is self-inflicted. So I just I, I find it hard to, you know, to have sympathy for Felix Hernandez. Is it annoying that the Mariners couldn't take advantage of his prime? Yeah, it is. Um, do I feel sorry for Felix about that? Not not really. I mean, because the last two years, certainly he's been bad. Um, mm. And the year before that, he was. The year before that was basically Kyle Seeger in 2017. Like, I mean, it's, it's not terrible, but it's not what you expect. Um, there's just there doesn't appear to be any willingness to change whatsoever. Um, and Felix doesn't have the fat. Felix never had the good command. Um, he got by on stuff, and now he doesn't have as good of stuff, and he's not willing to change anything. He just he came into he. He's not out of shape. Uh, he didn't come into camp fat or anything like that. So yeah. he, he he maintained his shape. Uh, but one of the quotes from a Ryan Divish article from a club official after Felix's first start was, it looked like he hadn't touched a baseball all winter. Yeah, I saw that. that. That's pretty scathing for your kind of your the face of your franchise for any for any anybody who works for the team to be willing to come out and say that. And hey, how about that? Kyle Seeger with an opposite field double off the wall. That's uh that's something new. You'll be yeah. seeing that shortly. Uh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, just... yeah, I'm still I'm still looking at Justin Dunn. It's a three oh count. <laughs> okay. Damn MLB TV. But, yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't feel too bad for Felix. Uh the start as in regards to the start, um, there was a bit of bad luck. There was a a swinging bunt that Felix thought was foul uh, looked fair to me, but I don't know the cam. They don't have the best camera angles in spring training, um, but then he hits the next guy. Um, there's a ringing double that's hit really hard. That's on, that's on him. And then there was this like little bleeder 
um, that looks like somebody like threw it just out of the out just over the head of uh, Beckham for a base hit. And I it was there was a ground ball double play that you know the broadcaster swear was bad luck, but it hit off Felix's glove and it bounded into right field. I don't know. Felix is a little more athletic. Maybe he gets to that ball. Um, but whatever there was, so there was a bit of bad luck. His, uh, his changeup and curveball are still good pitches. Um, you know, and if you ever learn, if he, if he can actually locate them, then he could still be good on any given night. Um, uh, but the fastball was all over the place. They kept saying, Oh, it's 90 to 92. That's a really good sign. Not if you can't put it where you want it. Um, it, it doesn't matter. So we'll see how it goes for the, for, uh, the rest of his spring. But honestly, I wasn't that impressed. Um, and there's just I'm just kind of out of sympathy for him. I'm I'm done. I'm ready to move on. Um, and it's it's more sad for me uh, than I am. It's more sad for me to see Felix just refuse to make these changes than it mm. is that the Mariners never took advantage of his prime. They're both kind of sad, but uh, I mean I don't know. I just I don't think Felix has held up his end of the bargain the last two years, and that's on him. So I mean, yeah, I, I I'm not feeling too i'm not feeling too bad for him so Mm. anyways um does does daniel volgaback look a little bit slimmer to you not real maybe like in in the midsection like his top like his chest and up looks pretty much the same to me he looks a little Mm. slimmer in the midsection um but i mean it's, it's certainly not like noticeable and i i don't like it's not I don't want to say it's not noticeable because it does he does look slimmer, but I don't think it's like it's not like Kyle Seeger noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's probably fine. I don't think I mean Vogelback's never gonna be that guy, so um it's it's fine. I mean yeah. it's part of part of his charm is is the uh the big boy act. So uh yeah. <laughs> I mean we'll see about that. Uh yeah, the, the first base thing, by the way, also still really hasn't played. I don't know about you, but I really haven't been impressed with Healy or Vogelbach. Um, yeah, I think right now Vogelbach's been better, but I he also so, has but... he hasn't played a whole lot. Um, Healy's played a bunch, and he still has yet to have a hit. He's also just looked pretty poor at the plate. Um, just looks like the same player as he was last year, and that's just yeah. Meh, uh, Vogelbach just got a walk. Level. Yeah. yeah. So I just, uh, I think, I think the thing that that gives uh, Vogelbach the upper hand though is he he has shown the ability to get on base throughout his career uh, in AAA. Right. Um, that's continued here in spring. I think this is his second or third walk already. Um, then uh, you know, at, um, I believe his walk numbers were in, kind of interesting in his little cup of coffee at uh, at the MLB level as well. So he gets on base, um, which is more than you can say for for Healy, and he also can uh, keeps that um, power threat that Healy basically gives you, and that's all that Healy really gives you at this point. Right. Um... It's it's and with Healy, it's not like it's plus power. It, it's good power. Um, it's probably fifty five power on the twenty eighty scouting scale. It's above average, but uh-huh. I just I mean whatever. Neither one of them has impressed me. Um, it's it is a very long uh, spring, uh, not as long as it usually is, but they still have two three weeks before they have to make any final decision. And with the expanded twenty eight man rosters, they can easily carry both. Um, to Japan, so uh, they still have plenty of time to make their decision. But early early returns on both of them is pretty underwhelming, I would say. Um, mm. So that's just something else to watch as we go forward. Yeah. So um, you know, you mentioned uh, Alta Villa uh, earlier as someone that's impressed you. Um, has there been any other relievers on the uh, that have kind of jumped out to you or? You know, obviously that's kind of a <laughs> a weird question to ask, uh, considering that relievers just in general are not very flashy and typically don't jump off the page. But um, is there someone that kind of, I don't know, um, made you turn your head a little bit? 
Um, I didn't get to see Hunter Strickland's debut. I heard it on the radio. Um, it was out at that point, but it sounded, uh, you know, based on the description and all that stuff, it sounded like he had a really good outing, which is good. Um, he's healthy this year. So that, that'll help. Uh, like I said, we didn't get to see justice Sheffield, but again, it sounded good. Um, in terms of bullpen, there's a lot of guys that I just, I don't, I can't put a face to. Uh, but one guy that I was, you know, obviously a name that most Mariner fans are going to be familiar with now. I thought Justin Dunn looked really well, or really good. Um, and he's not going to make the bullpen this year. That's fine. Uh, or at least not out of spring training. Um, but I thought he looked really good. Like you mentioned, Dan Altavilla, yeah. I thought looked good. Um, I thought there was some interesting stuff from Alanis. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought there was a little bit there. Um, Sean Armstrong hasn't looked that great uh, yet. So, I mean, the bullpen has been about as expected. Um, I, I can't really, uh, you know, tell anybody besides Alta Villa who's absolutely blown me away. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's we didn't get to see Swanson pitch either yet. Uh, that's another interesting arm. So, yeah. for me... Nothing, nothing major stood out. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I heard good things about Herson Bautista. Um, mm. That's pretty much it, really. That that's kind of the one name that I look at and um, try to figure out if he can actually make this team right away. Right. Uh, it really just down to his control uh, and develop developing a um, a decent enough second pitch to kind of carry him because right now he's just throwing gas and throwing gas and throwing gas and that's really it um and he has trouble locating uh the fastball every now and then as well um so if he can continue to uh work on his control problems uh this spring and continue to impress i, I wouldn't be surprised to, to see him on the team Right. Uh, the, the problem with Bautista, as you mentioned with the command, but there's also no deception whatsoever to his yeah. delivery. He's coming right over the top. You can pick up the ball um, really quickly. So it, it's 99 miles an hour, but it's pretty straight, and it's also pretty easy to see coming. And so, yeah, the slider is that much more important to him. He has to have a good slider. Um, and right now I don't know that he does uh, – Fortunately for him, there's really no no uh, pressure. Um, if he's bad in the bullpen, they're not gonna you know release him or anything like that. They'll let him work through some stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm anxious to see him pitch again. Um, I wish there was some kind of some kind of funk to his delivery or something uh, because yeah. 99 and straight is not as good as 94 with you know arm side run. It's just it's never gonna yeah. be so. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a guy that has a shot to make the team. I don't think, um, I mean, I figure you figure Dan Altavilla is, is a lock to make the team. Um, Hunter Strickland's going to be a lock to make the team. I think, uh, Garen is going to be a lock as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, there you go. So that's cool. Uh, I'll let you wait and see it before I say anything. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. This is, this is your boy. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, like uh, I think Zach Roskup is also kind of a guy yeah. that you can pencil in there. Um, I think they 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 like what they have there with him, and um, yeah, he's an impressive he's an impressive pitcher. Uh, which is surprising considering that he's really never found ample opportunity to pitch on a in a out of a major league bullpen. Um, right. So this is a lot of that. Look, yeah. Uh oh. Here we go. Here we go. That was a pretty nice spare hand, actually. Good yeah, for Braden, though. Not good enough to get my boy Braden infield single. <laughs> One nothing Mariners. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in case you guys can piece that together, Braden Bishop just hit a infield single for uh, an RBI, a two out RBI clutch. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we've kind of already tra- we kind of already transitioned to this, but let's talk about the bullpen a little bit. 
uh, more in depth. If I tell you the Mariners are going to have seven uh, relievers on their opening day, 25-man roster, uh, when they get back from Japan, who do you think the seven are? Um, I'm going to Strick- so so Strickland's obviously Strickland, yes. yep. yeah, Strickland, Garen, Ross yep. Cup, Alta Villa. Um, here, let me bring up the whole roster just so I don't forget anyone by accident. Right, um, there's four. I think Sean Armstrong's a pretty good bet. Uh, I would say Armstrong. Yeah, I I'd probably say Armstrong. Uh, I think uh, Brandon Brennan's been impressive thus far. Um, right, he's a rule then, five guy. Yeah, and then I I would say, well, oh yeah, there's Swarzak. I forgot about Swarzak. So yeah, I would guess Swarzak would be the last one. If he's um, healthy. Yeah, I I think they'll they'll carry eight. So, uh, like they usually do. Um, so, Ron I guess you would Elias. throw it. Yeah, Elias. There's also Matt Festa, who we didn't talk about. Um, I'm not completely on board with Armstrong making the team just yet. If he continues to struggle, um, that could have an effect on uh, on his place uh, with the team. Uh, I do believe he actually has a minor, or minor league options, right? At least one. Uh, I don't know about that. I thought uh, part of the reason that the Indians traded him was because he was out of options. So uh, I, don't I, I don't know for sure, though. You could be right. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, you, you kind of have to put Matt Festa in there. But uh, it's good that there's there's been um, some guys that have impressed. Uh, Alanis is another one that, that could uh, make his way in there. Um, but I think there, there are quite a few names and, and also they have some depth, you know, you look at Chase and Bradford, mm-hmm. you look at Elias, you look at the, uh, at Nick Rumbelow, um, and then obviously, you know, they could put Eric Swanson in there, uh, at some point if, uh, they don't like him as a starter or at least not immediately. Uh, and just, you know, you got to figure that Wyatt Mills and, and, uh, Sure. And uh, Adam, uh, or God, why am I, Art Warren is uh, is gonna make his uh, make their way at some point. Uh, so yeah. Um, right now, I think Clint is the closer. Uh, it looks that just judging from what um, from what Scott Service has said, it looks like Strickland's the guy. Uh, it. I thought there would be a bit more of a competition there between him and, and Armstrong and, and Swarzak. Um, but obviously Swarzak's hurt and Armstrong hasn't been too impressive. Uh, uh, I think you can kind of pin uh, Hunter Strickland as a closer for now. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Um, I think they're going to carry Elias. I think that's pretty much guarantee. Um think Elias might have an option left, uh, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, I think they're gonna, Elias and uh, Ross Cup will be the two lefties out of the pen. Uh, then, like you mentioned, Strickland's a lock. I think is a lock. Um, I would put Armstrong on there. Garen uh, as well. That's six. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of that Chase and Bradford, um, Nick Rumbelow, Matt Festa, there, there's certainly some uh, Brandon lot, Brennan, right? There's a lot of candidates for five through eight. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if one of these guys gets traded, uh, pot maybe for a backup catcher or something like that at the end mm-hmm. of spring. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I think the bullpen is obviously the uh, the position with the most question marks, uh, the group with the most question marks at least. Uh, and really, I think that's people's kind of rallying cry for when they talk about why the Mariners are going to be really bad this year. Uh, spoiler alert, they're wrong, but uh, you're about to find out about that. Uh, they're not going to be bad. Uh, the bullpen might be, but the team isn't. So we'll, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. The problem with bullpens is, is that we try to project these things, and it's almost impossible to do so. Uh, the 2014 Mariners bullpen was arguably the best bullpen in team history. Everybody thought it was going to suck. They bring it back mm. for 2015. The entire bullpen, the exact same bullpen, and it was one of the worst in teams his, in the team's history. Like, 
who knows? You get a bunch of guys down there who can throw hard, have an off-speed pitch, and you see what happens. So I, I don't know. Like, what what is your confidence level in this bullpen heading into 2019? Uh, about 50-50. You know, it's uh, – bullpens are always um, are always a crapshoot. You know, relievers most of the time are interchangeable. Um, and you even look at, you know, some of the best bullpens on paper. You look at, like, the Yankees. You look at the Brewers. You know, even those bullpens could fall apart easily. Um, it's just, it's really hard to gauge, but, you know, like you've said, um, who would have thought that a bullpen that had Danny Farquhar and Charlie Furbush and Tom Wilhelmson and, and Lucas, Lee, you know, how, you know, bullpens that the team has ever had. Uh, that's just how bullpens are. Uh, they never know. Yeah, it's it's just it's too tough to know uh, heading into a year how good a bullpen is going to be. Um, and I was just I was thinking about this uh, last night. Uh, can you tell me why or what portion of last year's Oakland A's team, the 2018 Oakland A's, what's the difference between them and the 2019 Mariners? It's uh, getting a little off topic here, but. Bob I look Melvin. at <laughs> right. That's one. Yeah. But I, I look at that that team that went into last year uh, with no expectations. They were a year or two away. Everybody agreed. Uh, yeah. And then they had a bunch of young guys. They all kind of popped. They didn't have the best starting rotation in the world. They pieced it together. Nobody knew that Lou Trevino and Blake Trinan were two of the best relievers in baseball. And I look at that team and. They win 97 games or whatever. And I look at this Mariner team, and I'm like, where's where's the difference? Um, this Mariner's rotation is better than last year's Oakland A's rotation. On paper, it mm-hmm. is. Uh, they have Matt Chapman. We have Mitch Haniger. I mean, I just yeah. I look, and I go across the time. They have Chris Davis. We have, we have Edwin Encarnacion for now. So I, I look mm. around the diamond, and to me, it looks like the biggest difference is the bullpen. But remember, entering last year, we didn't know that Oakland was going to have one of the best bullpens in baseball. Yeah, uh, I mean, no, yeah, Blake, nobody mentioned Trinan, it. Yeah, Trinan was a an average reliever for uh, Washington, and uh, he had yeah, potential. Yeah, but and, yeah. Uh, yeah, you yeah, and you look at like some of the guys on here, like Jay Bruce is kind of like the Matt Joyce, right. uh, you know, um, yeah. You look at guys like D Gordon and and Tim Beckham that are kind of you know, yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, comparisons that you can make there. Um, I think like the biggest uh, like the biggest drop off is kind of first base. You know, Matt Olson to right, good player. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know, and and there might not be that Jed Lowry type on the team. You don't know what D Gordon's going to be. You don't know what Tim Beckham's going to be yet. Um, but it's a uh, yeah, it's an interesting squad that I think can win eighty um, something games, and maybe they overachieve. Maybe they get a really hot month that inflates uh their win total quite a bit and maybe they get in the conversation yeah i just to me this idea that the mariners are just because their bullpen doesn't look good on paper and by the way hunter pence is wearing batting gloves and it's very uh distracting (laughs) (laughs) anyways uh to me this idea that that the bullpen is just automatically going to be bad because we don't like any of the pitchers in it that's insane and I was looking around the league and I honestly, I was looking at the Mariners current roster versus, you know, other teams in the league, especially the American league. And I honestly only see like four teams that I can definitively say are better, uh, more talented than the Mariners. And like I said, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs because I think they're going to make moves regardless. I think they're going to trade Edwin Encarnacion when they get an offer that they like. I think that's a guarantee. I think they're going to trade Mike Leake. I think they're going to trade Jay Bruce. I think they might trade Domingo Santana. They might trade Tim Beckham. 
So the Mariners are very much committed to this 2021 timeline, which may skew things a bit. But as the roster sits today, is it significantly worse than the 2018 Oakland A's roster when they enter the season? No. And the A's are the exception, not the rule. So I'm not trying to say that the Mariners are going to win 97 games and all that stuff. Uh, I'm just pointing out that when it comes to uh, units, particularly the bullpen, they can make a nice difference, uh, but you just never know how good they are going to be. We just we don't know. We think we know, but we don't. And nowhere is that more relevant than in the bullpen. For all we know, the Mariners have a top 10 bullpen in baseball. Are they going to be better than the Yankees? No. <laughs> I mean, are they going to be better than the Indians? No. Better than, you know, are they going to be better than Houston? Probably not. Uh, not bullpen. Uh, or is their bullpen going to be better than the Red Sox? I don't know. It could be. Red Sox lost Kimbrel. They lost Joe Kelly. Like, right, but the but the good thing between you know us and uh, you know the Mariners bullpen and the Astros bullpen is we don't have a woman beater on our in our bullpen. So, not that we know. Of. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, <laughs> you never know. But we should, I mean, we should try I to mean, keep it that way. Sean, Sean Armstrong's, or not Sean Armstrong's, Hunter Strickland's a little uh, off the wall. So uh, he's, he's a Bryce beater. There's a difference yeah. there. Yeah, that's uh, true. And a, and a wall beater. <laughs> yeah. Although the wall won that fight, uh, <laughs> as it usually does. So, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I, I just, I look at both, I look at the Seahawks, or sorry. There's a Poppy <laughs> Wagner commercial on right now. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, I, I look at the Mariners bullpen and I go, is it going to be good? Probably not. Is it going to be the worst bullpen ever? No, probably not. I think the bullpen is going to be fine. And, you know, I, I'm just, I'm waiting for the, you know, the time in March or April when, Hunter Strickland blows a save and somebody will tweet us. Oh, Edwin Diaz doesn't blow that save. A, you uh, don't know that. And B, who cares? <laughs> I mean, I just, whatever. It is what it is. The bullpen is going to be the biggest cause of like freak out this season. I think that would be my prediction. But at the end of the day, I think there's just as bit of possibility that it's really good as it is that it's, you know, the worst in baseball. So I just, you know, it's just one of those things. We just have to wait and see. There's really nothing we can do uh, because it's just one little tweak can change everything for a reliever. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to uh, to ask you, since I'm looking down this list of names on the 40-man roster, um, I noticed uh, Joey Carletta hasn't played yet. Is there something mm-hmm. going on with him? You uh, know? I. I have not heard anything about that. Um, he is on the 40 man roster, but uh, you know, he's got, he, he does have all of his options and all that stuff left. So I don't know if he's just trying to work through something or if the Mariners are just really focusing on uh, Vogelbach and Healy. Um, <clears throat> but we'll see. I, I think you're almost certainly going to see him in a game some point. And if you haven't, uh, it leads me to believe that there's some kind of minor injury that they're just trying to nurse. Um, mm. I, I don't think they're going to try and sneak him through on a on a like a you know a forty man drop. I don't think they're going to do that. So I I don't know. I I wouldn't be too concerned about it yet. But I don't know anything about uh, why he hasn't played yet. Yeah. So should we get on to questions? Sure. Um, So we have quite a few questions, actually. Um, So let's go ahead and start with uh, Brock Heward of ESPN. He wants to know if the Bengals will trade Ethan Posick or John Ross for Ethan Posick. What do you think? (laughs) Uh, I mean, yes, but uh, that that ain't happening. No. (laughs) No, but uh, that would be fun if it did. Anyways, uh, yeah. real questions here. Um, really sorry, I'm going to butcher your name. Feel free to correct me. Um, I know you listen to the podcast and all that stuff, and I'm really sorry I don't know how to pronounce your name. But uh, Olivier, 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 something like that. Um, on Twitter, um, apologies uh, again. Let me know how you pronounce your name so uh, I can get it right in future uh, podcasts. 
Um, he has two questions. His first question is, um, considering that DePoto uh, said he doesn't like to go big on free agency, what free agents would make the most sense for the Mariners to acquire apart from Martin, or Martin Maldonado? Um, so since he's asked that, Marwin Gonzalez has come off the market. And I'm mm-hmm. guessing that was since you wrote an article about that, that would probably be your answer. But uh, so yeah, um, <clears throat> man, I'll let you go first while I think of a name if you have one. Yeah, yeah, it's just Maldonado is kind of like the perfect guy, uh, honestly. Uh, they need a defensive catcher, preferably a right hander. That's what Martin Maldonado is. Uh, so he makes the most sense to me. Uh, Irvin Santana has since been signed. That would be another guy I would say. Uh, honestly, getting a guy like Gio Gonzalez in camp uh, just makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, worst case scenario, you just release him. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, but, you know, best case scenario or most realistic scenario, you have a trade chip at the end of the spring when somebody gets hurt. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Gio Gonzalez makes some sense. Uh and again, depending on how healthy uh, Malik Smith is, uh, I, I know the Mariners have said that, you know, oh, it's just he's going to start throwing next week. He's going to start doing that. I, just the vagueness of their responses about Malik Smith, um, you know, the fact that the injury is around his is around his UCL. It's not his UCL specifically, but it's around that ligament. Um, I don't know. I feel like there needs to be – they need to bring in some kind of – center fielder who can at least handle the position um, because I don't want them to rush Braden Bishop because I don't think he's ready. I don't want them to move Mitch Hanniger to center field because I think that hurts him, uh, hurts his value. Uh, I also think it's a good chance. It, it, it obviously greatly increases the chance that he gets hurt. Um, so, you know, center fielder, if Malik Smith isn't, I mean, it, I don't know. We don't know what Malik Smith is. Um, if it is what the Mariners are saying, then you're probably fine. Um, but you should probably bring in a veteran either way. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say Gio Gonzalez or finding the, finding a guy who has center field experience who can at least not kill you at the big league level. Those are probably the two players or types of players that I would target. Yeah, I think a lot of this is um, kind of barring injury. Um, right. If there's an injury in the outfield um say maybe domingo santana or or jay bruce um maybe they bring denard span back sure it's a thought uh there's also a lot of uh really solid you know relievers still on the market aj ramos um tony sip is another name that you know can is is a passable uh lefty um aaron loop is another guy that that I liked around the the um, the deadline last year. So there's a couple names there that I like, um, but I I just don't see the uh, the Mariners really adding anyone except for a backup catcher. And really, the only guy that jumps out to me is um, is Maldonado because he's one of the best defensive catchers in the game. Um, he's pretty awful at the plate, but you know you you need to. Uh, have that guy that that gives you um, really good defense, especially if you you know. Let's say that for matchup purposes, you know they start Narvaez out and then put Maldonado in towards the end of the game. You know, seventh, eighth, ninth innings to to kind of handle the run game and and everything. Uh, if it's uh you know if it's a close one. Um, but overall, you know, also I, I just like Maldonado to uh, to kind of have uh, some sort of a, of an effect on on Narvaez as well as he develops more defensively. I think they really need someone that um, is one of the premier defensive catchers um, to kind of help Narvaez with the one weakness that he has. <clears throat> right, and. Um... We know that the Mariners are certainly uh, interested in. Oh boy, <laughs> we know that the Mariners are certainly interested. Jay Bruce with his first hit as a Mariner, <clears throat> they're interested in Maldonado, according to John Heyman, I believe it was. Um, but according to Ryan Divish, 
they're not really looking to add anybody on a major league deal. Um, and it sounds like Mal- Maldonado wants the major league deal um, <clears throat> for obvious reasons. So I, that seems pretty stupid, honestly. It seems cheap um, mm-hmm. because Maldonado's probably like a $2 million guy uh, at this stage. So I don't know. It seems kind of cheap to me that the Mariners won't give him that spot because it's not like they don't have guys on their 40 man that they could easily cut and probably get through waivers. Um, so I don't know. That's just something I would like to see them get done. But it also, if they're not willing to give Maldonado a major league deal, they're probably not willing to give anybody a major league deal right now. Um, so yeah, it's about to give you a good answer. It would be, we would have to know who on the market is willing to take a minor league deal. Um, and we would also have to know how, you know, how the Mariners feel about Freitas and how they feel about Malik Smith and all that. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's one of those things I would say, I would still say Gio Gonzalez adding veteran starting pitcher or, uh, or a guy who can at least handle center field at the big league level. So those would be my two options. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, when you take Maldonado off the board, that's kind of taken the uh, the biggest and most obvious and best fit off the market. So, uh, anyways, that's his first question. Second question: He wants to know if we see Ichiro playing for Japan in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, and if we would take him, like if we would select him to be on that team. Um. um I mean, I don't really know what the situation is with the uh, Japan's team. I don't, I don't know what their outfield looks like. It would look like. Um, I mean, sure, <laughs> he could be a captain or something. I don't know. Uh, um, I, 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 I think the odds are pretty high that he is a part of oh the team. Oh my though. god! What happened? Oh, you're about to see something you did not think was possible. Anyway. Oh, my. Okay. All right. Anyways. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that. But, yeah, I think, I don't know, because baseball hasn't been a part of the Olympics since 2000. So I don't know if they're going to be allowed to use professionals. I don't know. You know, we don't know how any of that's going to go. Um, So it's just, it's really... I don't know if he's allowed to play in the 2020 Olympics, then yeah, I think Japan probably takes him um, just as a ceremonial thing. Uh, if they want to win in the Olympics, what in probably... the world? So <laughs> now, now that you're caught up, uh, I guess we should let you guys know. We just witnessed Jay Bruce steal second base. <laughs> yeah. What just happened? <laughs> Jay Bruce just stole second base. So, I don't what what is more surprising to you the Ian Miller home run or the Jay Bruce steal of second jeez uh god I'm gonna have to say Jay Bruce's steal because yeah I, I feel mean, like everybody runs into a home run every once in a while yeah I mean dude nothing but respect for my left fielder there you go <laughs> backup left fielder uh yeah so that's one of those things you only see in spring training, guys. So enjoy it, um, man. So is Vogelback going to come in here with a three-run home run for uh, for Colton? Uh, he hasn't yet, so <laughs> I'm going to say no. But who knows? Why not? We just watched Jay Bruce steal base. Anything is possible. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah. Back to the the question. Since the games are in Tokyo, yeah, I expect if if professionals are allowed to play. And again, I don't know if they are or aren't. I'm just I'm not I'm not looking at the uh, the Olympics uh, in 2020 right now. Uh, but if they are, then I would assume that you know you Darvish and you know pretty much every major league player from Japan would be on that team. So um, I mean, why not? Like I said, I just I don't know the roster crunch. I don't know enough about the Olympic baseball to give you a good answer for that, but. Uh, my guess would be, sure, you'd be on there. Would I take him? I mean, if he's willing to get zero at-bats, then yeah, sure, why not? And I yeah. have unlimited roster space, then yeah, but you probably don't. It's the Olympics after all, so. I just, I can't imagine that the MLB will be okay with that because the Olympics will be in August, right? 
so that's going to be in the heat of a postseason race and all that. I just I don't know if they're going to be okay with their their players going over there at such a critical time. Right. Plus, isn't the World Baseball Classic in 2021? Isn't that the next one? Uh, I don't I probably. I don't know. The World Baseball that, Classic is really weird with their timing, but I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Major League players are going to be allowed to participate. Um, I think it'll just mostly be amateurs. Uh, but Ichiro's, to answer the question, like Ichiro's probably not going to be a major league player at that point, right? But he's not going to be an am- he's certainly not an amateur either. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know I, I don't know enough to give you a good answer, but uh, I'm going to assume that Ichiro won't be allowed to play, um, because he's not an amateur and right professionals certainly are not going to go, um. Uh, I mean, certainly not major league professionals. Maybe a few guys from the minor leagues gets a, uh, you know, they get a, a pass from their major league team. But I, I wouldn't do it if I was a major league uh, team. I wouldn't let my players participate. Um, yeah. It's just it's too much risk, and it, it's, you know, it kind of sucks for them. I get it, but at the same time, you know, I'm cutting your check. So. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Um, certainly something I'll watch. I'll, de- I'll definitely watch Olympic baseball. Um, I just, I don't know enough about it and I don't really have much desire to learn that much about it right now. So, um, yeah. Interesting question though. Yeah. It's something we hadn't even considered, but, uh, good questions. Again, let me know how to pronounce your name so I can get it right next time. Uh, and apologies for not getting it right this time. I know, um, if I'm not mistaken, he, he lives in Belgium and, uh, He's a, he's a Frenchman, so uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. We have an international listener, at least one, at least two. Dan, <laughs> shout out to Dan nice. Clark. Yeah, whose shout name out. is much easier to listen, whose <laughs> name is much easier to pronounce. So, uh, thank you for the question, nonetheless. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so let's see. Uh, next, we're going to answer a question from William Lofton uh, at uh, W Loft ninety six. Uh, we actually get a, quite a few questions from uh, William, so uh, we appreciate another one. Um, he wants to know if the Mariners are looking at Shed Long as a super utility player, or do they just believe he hasn't found his position yet? Um, so, Ty, why don't you go ahead and take that one? Um, maybe both. Maybe a bit of both. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think they're going to give him a lot of opportunity at third base. Um because they're going to start preparing for life without Cal Seeger relatively soon. Hope you know. Hopefully, in their case, they'll be able to find a pretty good deal for uh, for Seeger at some point over the next uh, year or so. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you know having that versatility to play you know the corner outfield spots, play second, play third. Um, I think that's that's going to be something that they that they'll really uh, look at and and value quite a bit uh, moving forward. Uh, it's you know never a bad thing to have that kind of versatility on your team, even if even if uh, let's say that Shedlong becomes the uh, the Mariners' third baseman, uh, starting third baseman on a consistent basis, um, you know next season or or beyond. Um, even then, just to have uh, the ability to go over to second, go you know play left field, kind of be that Mar- Marwin Gonzalez type, um, is uh, is really valuable to uh, to teams, especially now uh, with how roster construction is 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 done and, and looked at um, from a lot of teams. Uh, so yeah, I think right now it's it's kind of a bit of both. They'll they'll see where he sticks, um, but. You know, ha- getting him the experience in these in these positions um, will uh, will greatly help. Yeah, I, I think you're right when you say both, um, because the bat, or at least they certainly believe the bat is going to play anywhere. Um, it would be great if he was a uh, if he was a second baseman because the bat would play best there. You'd maximize his value. Um, yeah, you know, with D. Gordon and Kyle Seeger, both are unlikely to be here uh, long term. Um, so getting him time at second and third, and you can kind of see what direction, uh, because it's totally 
plausible that Kyle Seeger turns things around and all of a sudden you're not looking at him as let's get rid of him. You're looking at him as part of your rebuild um, mm-hmm. because he is still only 30 years old, 31 maybe. Um, so he's still on the younger side and his contract, if he's playing well, is still reasonable. So, I mean, they don't have to trade him. Um, and the same goes for D Gordon. So um, it's just giving the Mariners as many options as they can get uh, with shed long. Um, the fact that they are moving him around, obviously that means really good things for shed. Um, it means that the Mariners really want to make him work and they obviously see him as a major part of their future. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they want that Marwin Gonzalez type of player. I think that would be great. Uh, but I also think they would like to, uh, I also think that they would like to, uh, to have a primary position for him and then just have him be able to move around when needed. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say in a perfect world, Shed Long is Marwin Gonzalez. Um, but the but even Marwin had, uh, you know, a majority of his games played at like first base or left field one year. So, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I think, you know, the best case scenario is that he is Marwin Gonzalez. I think that would be a huge hit for the, uh, for the Mariners. Uh-huh. All right. So once again, thanks for the question, William. Uh, one more question. This one comes from uh, our friends, our fan-sided network uh, website that covers the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, reviewing the brew who uh, we often, I don't know. I, I guess you could say we have kind of an alliance with them. Um, <laughs> we, yeah. we, we interact a lot with uh, the folks over at reviewing the brew. Um, it's, it's a great website. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say they're kind of our national league uh, alliance member um, really out of default. Uh, so anyways, reviewing the brew wants to know what are our expectations for their old pal Domingo Santana this season. Um, I expect them to hit a lot of impressive home runs like he did yesterday. The ball that still hasn't landed. Yeah. Yeah. That was still up. That was something. It's still up in the atmosphere. Oh, by the way, it's no more Mazzara, the greatest player on earth. I know, man, it just, I, I almost feel like I should turn off the TV because he's so good. We don't deserve to to look yeah. at him. You know what our expectations are for Domingo Santana? Nothing that can compare it to the greatness that is Nomar Mazzara. That's right, man. I mean, we all just tremble in the greatness of the 24-year-old Nomar Mazzara, who is great because he is 24 years old. So, oh, brother. Oh, he got a base hit. Put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah, um, yeah, Santana. I would like to see uh, see him stick with the Mariners. I think I, you know, but obviously, if he um, if he has a great year, he should most certainly um, be on the table uh, for them to at least listen uh, on offers from. Uh, but he's off to a really good start. Um, I'm very impressed with what I've seen thus far, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more. Yeah, I just. I mean, I don't know. 2017 is probably going to be his best year. Uh, I think you can get to, you know, 80% of 2017 and still have a really good player. Uh, You know, we'll see how much he plays uh, because the Mariners do have to play Jay Bruce uh, to get his value up. But Domingo Santana's 26 years old. Uh, He's got three years of club control left. So, I mean it's pretty easy to look at him and say, Oh, that that's a guy that the Mariners flip, but he could be a part of your future. Um, it, it is unlikely. I would just from the depth, uh, that the Mariners have in their outfield, but it, it is possible that he is part of the Mariners future. Or they think he is. Um, so yeah, I, I expect that he plays a lot. I think he's probably going to hit 25 home runs, probably going to hit 250, 260. Uh, steal 10 bags, you know, average defense. I think he's going to hit some, uh, some absolute mammoth shots. So, uh, I think he's going to be a fun player to watch. It's six foot five. He's a really good athlete. I don't know. I feel like I would not be shocked at all if he went to 20, if he got to 2017 levels. Um, but I guess my expectation for him would be like 80% of that, which is a really good player. So, 
Um, Domingo Santana is one of those guys I'm really, really interested to watch this year. Um, Do you think that with his height, they could give him some run at first base maybe next year if he's still with the team? Uh, maybe. I mean, I, I don't think there's a need to move him out of left field or right field. Mm. He's not he's not great out there, but he's not terrible. Um, so I don't think there's a need to move him. But in the name of more versatility and all that stuff, I, it's certainly an option. Um, I mean, we see guys like uh, Jose Martinez uh, for the Cardinals. He's a outfielder who's tall and he's played first base, too. Um, so, and he, the Cardinals want him in the lineup because he's a really good hitter. Um, he just can't field worth anything. Uh, but, uh, Domingo Santana is a better defender than him. So I don't know. I, I think maybe it's possible, but I think the Mariners have, uh, pretty aggressively penciled in Evan White as their first baseman as early as next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see how Evan White's summer goes and all that stuff. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, I just think now with Healy and Vogelback and Bruce and, um, you know, even Edwin Encarnacion, I, just, I don't know how they could they could make that work. But uh, sure, why not? I mean, if he's willing to try it, you don't lose anything. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was a nice letter there from Garen to get wisdom out on strikes. Mm-hmm. We'll see how he, uh, how he does this. Runners on the corners, one out. But, uh, yeah. But yeah. Kind, of, kind of got squeezed on that first hitter, too. So Yeah. See if you can get the worst hitter in baseball to ground into a double play. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, thanks for all the questions, guys. Really do appreciate it. Um, that's basically all we have on our show sheet. So, there you go. So, uh, Ty, do you have any uh, final words before we wrap this up? Um. I'm just really excited uh, by what I've seen thus far. Uh, it's really cool uh, having this huge camp where you're getting to see a lot of the young guys come in. I'm really excited for the for the part of spring training when we're going to get to see more of uh, Jared Kelnick and Julio mm-hmm. Rodriguez. That's going to be really, really, really fun to watch. Um, so, yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff that's been going on uh, with Shed Long and Kyle Lewis and Evan White. And um, just really looking forward to seeing uh, those guys get more playing time and and see how that goes. And also getting to see more of uh, Kikuchi and Sheffield and Dunn and Swanson. Um, but, yeah, there's there's just so much. And uh, I'm, I'm like a kid on Christmas. It's it's really, really fun. And I'm just so, so, so thrilled that baseball is back. I would agree. Um it's just, it's a great time of year, guys. I haven't been this excited for a Mariners season in a long time. And, uh, you know, that's saying something because for most of the last five years, the Mariners have entered their season with playoff expectations. And uh, this year, they're certainly not saying that. And I'm really excited for it. So um, I guess I'll use my sign off time to, uh, to let you guys in on a couple things we're doing at the website. Uh, top five Mariners prospects. Uh, we're into the top five now, and uh, oh, <laughs> we're into the top five. Uh, so be on the lookout for those. Those will be out soon. Um, in regards to the podcast, something Ty and I have talked about. Um, wait, what the heck just happened? What? In the game? Yeah. The, I think the great Nomar Mazzara just made a terrible base running sta- mistake that uh, – Cost the Rangers a run, maybe? I, I got to see that replay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, anyways, sorry to throw off my rhythm there. I was trying to follow uh, what was happening there. Anyways, Ty and I have talked about when the season starts moving this podcast to a uh, three-a-week format. Uh, the the I, the format being that we would, one of us, at least one of us, it might be both of us, uh, but probably just one of us, will on uh, Sunday and whenever the next series starts for that week. Did, did you see that throw from Mitch? Jeez. Yeah. That I, was insane. I'm still trying to figure out how, what exactly all happened there. Do you, do you know? Like, Yeah, so Mazzara uh, thought it was going to go over his head. So he just like he went full send. <laughs> the great no more Mazzara. <laughs> Got completely outdone by... Oh, Mitch Hanniger. 
Oh. Whoa. What? Who would have ever guessed? Shocking. Oh, my. Oh, my God. You can't make this up. <laughs> no, unfortunately for the Rangers website, they can't. So I guess oh all hail God. Mitch Haniger. I mean, <laughs> Mitch Haniger might be 28, not 24, but he still moves pretty well for an old guy. So, well, I mean, good for him. Yes. <laughs> uh, come on, Mitch. Slow down there, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> 28-year-old past your prime has been. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, wow. Eh, perfect. That was just perfect. Uh, anyways, yeah, so the idea here, guys, is to do a, a three-week uh, format. Basically, um, we would stick with our normal one uh, long episode like this one where we would talk about the Mariners and big picture things and where the direction's going, who's looking well, who's doing all that stuff. And then the other two podcasts would probably be Monday and then uh, the day that the weekend series starts. Uh, So you have one podcast for the weekday series, one podcast for the weekend series. That'll be a much shorter podcast uh, where basically we go over the pitching matchups, just kind of a quick review of what just happened uh, without too much, without going too far in depth and a quick uh, preview of what's to come uh, type of show. So those two podcasts will be, probably 10, 15 minutes at max. Um, and then we'll still have our normal regularly scheduled 35, 45 hour long podcast in the middle of the week. Um, that's kind of the schedule we're looking at. Obviously some weeks we'll, we'll only do one regular show. Some weeks we might have to miss a miss a day or whatever, but for the most part, that's the schedule we're going to try to stick to when it comes to these podcasts. Um, so that will start for the Boston series. Um, the Mar- where I, there's really no reason to preview the Oakland A series. We've kind of been doing that all all along. Um, so yeah, for the Red Sox series, uh, that Red Sox series starts on Thursday. We normally post our podcast on Tuesday or Wednesday, so we will probably just roll that into one show. But on the on that Monday when they go to Oakland, I want to say uh, expect a quick brief podcast there where we talk about the pitching matchups and what happened in the Red Sox series and all that good stuff. So be on the lookout for that. We'll keep you guys updated on all of that that's going on. But yeah, yeah, the plan right now is three a day or three a week uh, once the regular season gets underway. So yeah. And we're, um, we're also looking into some other ideas about um, uh, doing some Google Hangouts and stuff like that. We're uh, so let us know what you guys would be interested in. Um, would you like a Google Hangout type of thing? I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, Hawk Blogger podcast, but they do something very similar. Um, so if that's something that you'd be interested in, uh, just let us know. Um, we're really looking for for new ways to to interact with you guys and uh, just help the community grow uh, even more as the as the uh, season continues to uh, to go on. Yes, and as a matter of fact, Ty has already agreed to have a Google Hangout for those 2 a.m. games in Tokyo. Um, so, um. <laughs> yeah, you, you told me all about it, man. So, uh, have, have fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, in all seriousness, guys, uh, let us know. Uh, we're going to try and keep uh, building the website, trying as many different uh, avenues as we can to reach you guys. And, uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for all that fun stuff. So. Uh, from all of us here at SotoMojo.com, I want to thank you for listening, um, and we'll see you guys in another life. Peace. Peace.